Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. I am your host, the Artificial Dragon. I'm your co-host, Darth Selene. And welcome to the 45th episode of the podcast, everybody. I know we're a little bit late on uploading this episode, but at the time of recording, this is indeed the second year anniversary of a Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. To the day, or? To the day, yes. Holy shit. Yes. <laughs> September 14th. Yep, September 14th was the uh, date I created the channel. I'm not too sure when I uh, when we recorded the first episode, but I know for a fact that uh, I created the channel on this very day two years ago. Yay! So yeah, um, this will be a very particularly... Well, everybody knows the title of this episode already, but... He, again, <laughs> he's still keeping me in the dark. That's two episodes now. Yeah, this is the, the, the unraveling of the mystery box episode for Hannah over there. Mm-hmm. It won't always be like this. We'll go back to our usual format of episodes that uh, me and Hannah choose. But since this is a very special episode, I thought it would be appropriate to follow a very um, popular topic. Don't worry, it's not Mandalorians this time, okay. like you asked last time. <laughs> but before we go into that... Uh, let's go ahead and get our Patreon uh, tiers out of the way. So if you, if all of you lovely viewers love our podcast and our content, uh, you could support us at patreon.com slash canmail. Once again, that's patreon.com slash canmail, where you could contribute to any tier, um, the lowest being $3 and the highest being $10. And of course, you have automatic access to our Discord server where you could talk about general Star Wars lore, uh, discuss lore details, share memes, or just have a nice little discussion about uh, anything in your personal life with me and Celine over there. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's been very fun uh, discussing uh, lore details, looking at it's OCs. It's been fun nerding out <laughs> with you guys. Yeah. Um, Let's hope for another two more years. Yeah, so once again... Uh, this month's Patreon art piece is motherfucking shirtless Darth Mar, who always keeps his fucking mask for whatever goddamn reason, because he's a motherfucking Chad. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, um, if you aren't interested in shirtless Darth Mar, don't worry, we have a wide selection of other Patreon art pieces, like we have Duchess Satine with Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, an evil Padme over there, a sexy Togruta Huntress, and the whole shebang, and there will be more in the coming months. But yeah, with that out of the way, um, I'm sure I'm going to let Celine take over briefly with her uh, <laughs> shout-out, not shout-outs, uh, promotion. D- the only promotion I have now is to support my blog. Yeah. Uh, personal Sator head cannons. Uh, send me asks, please. I... I would like to flex those creative muscles. <laughs> it would be nice. Uh, don't worry, I'll throw a couple of questions your way once the uh, session is over and everything. Grazie. But anyway, um, for any of you longtime viewers, uh, I'll quickly get this out of the way. Um, I started a new series. Uh, a D&D series called Star Wars Alternate. The Aiego arc. The first episode has already come out, and there will be a second episode... By Friday, after this episode has been uploaded. Yay! Finally! <laughs> yeah. Um, 
This is the penultimate or ultimate finale of my Dean, my free year long D&D campaign coming to a close. We don't know that, but maybe. <laughs> we shall see, but uh, yeah, you know, creative uh, details here and there. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, um, another thing I want to share with everybody, um, for any of you that have known me personally for the past three years, um, so I have gotten a nice little thing in the mail from Star Wars author Joe Bangarino. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your last name. I'm not very good with pronunciations, but Joe is a longtime author who's done a lot of Legends-related novels on the uh, hyperspace.net website. Um, that's discontinued a good while ago. Um, one of his more popular novels, novels is Supernatural Encounters, blah, blah, blah. Um, for any of you that are in the know, um, he's recently created an expanded version of Supernatural Encounters, and he has sent me a copy of a book. And in it is one of my original creations, The Sith Witchling, which is a brand new, unique Sith spawn creature. Oh, yeah. We we encountered this creature in the in Star Wars Ultimate. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying. We it is. almost died. Yeah, um, if you want a uh, simplification, think of John Carpenter's The Thing, but in Star Wars, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really does look like The Thing. Yeah, so it's really exciting. Um, it's a very large book, and I'll <laughs> it'll probably take me a couple months to fully read through it. 80 chapters, by the way, everybody. 80 fucking chapters. Fucking Hell, that's a big-ass book. <laughs> but yeah, it's a big-ass book. Once again, thank you, Joe, for including my Sith Witchling within your book. It's technically not canon in the Legends continuity of Star Wars, but it's really nice to see that it's the closest we got to an official work with my uh, Sith Witchling. Oh, yeah. But anyway, if you guys want to know more about the Sith Witchling, I might explore it in a separate episode but i'm not gonna say any more details because we're kind of limited on time but just by yes, we that are <laughs> but yeah um so with oh yeah patreons god damn it um so for all of you smugglers that have contributed to the podcast i'll do a quick shout out real quickly um thank you to cameron lee elia gestapi kenneth young leon fought the fourth tristan h Newly elevated Dr. M Boss, and special shout out to fellow podcaster Voxcast to Nowhere. Thank you so much for supporting the smuggler tier of our Patreon, and I hope you enjoy the content from this day going forward. Happy two years, y'all! Yeah, now with that truly out of the way, Hannah, um, so let me see how okay. Do you want to do a random shot in the dark? Or do you want me to give you a hint? Just tell me. <laughs> Alright, no worries, Anna. Um, I will stop beating around the bush. But, a little bit of context. Um, so the year is 25 years after the Battle of Yavin. So this is right around the uh, post-Return of the Jedi uh, era of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. The the old EU of Star Wars before the prequels came along. Okay. Um, so around this time, there's a relative period of peace. The New Republic has made peace with the Imperial Remnant. Um, 
the Galactic Civil War has ended. Um, while there are still some conflicts with pirates and other offshoot factions here and there, um, Gail Akbar is retiring. Uh, Luke and Mara Jade are going on their second honeymoon. Everything is going great in the Star Wars galaxy. Though, one day, there are unknown reports going on in the Outer Rim, near the world of Helskia 4, which is basically an ice planet. Think of Hoth. Um, so, there's this Jedi. His name is Kib Durin. He's sent out um, to investigate these unknown claims because he's thinking, like, there's pirate activity. What the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. um, he goes there with his squadron of X-Wings and A-Wings, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, but instead of pirates, he encountered a far more sinister enemy. He was met with a squadron of unknown ships that were dispatched from the world. And in that brief encounter, his entire squadron got fucked. He was the only survivor, and he had to give a fuck out of Dodge and everything. Okay. Um, so, as the days go by, the New Republic starts encountering this new enemy that has entered the Star Wars galaxy from the Unknown Regions. And this enemy would turn out to be an extra galactic race called the Yuzhang Vong. Okay. So yeah, this episode will be exploring a very popular to topic. Um, this this will be another uh, <laughs> a race episode exploring the Yu Jing Vong. Don't worry, I'm putting pictures of them in the chat. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they they are uh, really creepy looking fuckers. Um, they're basically another humanoid race. They're extra galactic, and what I mean by extra galactic is that they came. They're not native to the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah, I got that. They come from another galaxy out there. Did the pictures not go through? No. Okay, let they're, me try. No, they did. Okay, cool. Space orcs. Essentially, uh, yeah, that's a good comparison, space orcs. So yeah, this like, episode... It's like space orcs, but also Vecna. Vecna? Oh. They look oh, like Oh, you're talking about the, uh, the god of liches, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but yeah, if, um, just to give you a little bit of perspective on the Yuzhang Vong, the Yuzhang Vong are kind of a... Uh, Cont they're kind of a uh, contested point in this old EU of Star Wars. Like, when I mean contested, think of how people were divisive on The Last Jedi movie. A lot of people hate it, a lot of people love it. That's basically what the Yuzhang Vong are in the old EU of Star Wars. Okay. And, yeah, as we'll get into it, they don't sound like they should belong in Star Wars. They don't look like they belong in Star Wars. No, they do they look not. like something out of Middle Earth. <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. But yeah, they are... Um, so before I go into the Yuzhang Vong as a whole, let me give you a nice little quote between uh, Kunman Durana, who is one of Palpatine's aides, and Grand Admiral Fraun himself. One okay. of the... Uh, <laughs> so if you recall in the uh, Fraun episode, Fraun was still a captain... Um, he was approached by Palpatine, and they decided to work together to stop the outbound flight from encountering these far yep. outsiders. The far outsiders are the Yuzhang Vong in this case. Oh, shit. So let me give you a nice little exchange between both of them. Uh, this is Kanmon speaking. There's an invasion coming. A massive assault force of dark ships, shadowy figures, and weapons of great power. 
based on organic technology of a sort we've never seen before. We believe these far outsiders, as we call them, already have a foothold at the far edge of a galaxy, and even now have scouting parties seeking information on world and peoples to conquer. One will doth Sidious tell the citizens of the Republic. When he's turned the Republic's chaos into order. When we've built an army and a fleet capable of dealing with the threat. To announce it before then would be nothing, would do nothing but create panic and leave us open to disaster. Mm. So the general implication uh, is that uh, essentially a Palpatine... And, you know, his inner circle have been kind of uh, aware of the Yuzhang Vong for quite some time. And one of the reasons why Palpatine created the Empire was to prepare the galaxy for the incoming Yuzhang Vong threat. Wow, that's amazing. Palpatine has a quote-unquote noble goal. Yeah, it's more of an excuse, but <laughs> I think it's also kind of a funny lore reason why he makes so many goddamn super weapons, like mm-hmm. the Sun Crusher, multiple Death Stars, is so that he could prepare for the Yuzhang Vong. Mm-hmm. Which is also kind of funny because, uh, so the Yuzhang Vong are an antagonist force that's introduced in this novel series called The New Jedi Order and everything. Um... And there's, like, uh, multiple points where many of the named characters, like Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, um, they're all like, God damn, if only we had a Death Star around, this would be so much easier to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just a little background on the Yuzhang Vong. Let me go ahead and get into, well, their biology first. So the Yuzhang Vong are a humanoid race that have an average height of around 5 feet 11 inches to 6 feet 3 inches tall. Um, they have grayish, violet, or yellowish skin, as you can see there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they possess black hair and have either black or blue eyes. They have a taller and more heavier build than normal humans and have an average lifespan of 76 years. But their maximum lifespan was that of two to three times that of an average human, which I reckon is like if your average human can live for like... Uh, I don't know, 90 to 100 years, maybe 300 or 400 years in the Eugene Vaughn's case. Wow. But the reason why they have such a small average lifespan is because, well, they're always dying. There's well, a lot of warriors in there. Yeah. <laughs> Genetically, they share many elements to humans, which is considered unusual because they come from a different galaxy. But one notable difference was one element in their genetic makeup can be found in their biotechnology. So we'll explore the Yuzhang Vong's technology, so to speak. But simply put, the Yuzhang Vong don't use technology. Um, they don't have electronics. They don't have droids. Everything at their disposal is completely organic. Oh. Interesting. But yeah, we'll explore that in a little bit. Um, the Yuzhang Vong have a sloping, almost ridge-like forehead. The Yuzhang Vong are known to have pointed ears, you know, like elves, um, while others lacked any kind of ears. The Yuzhang Vong have a short, stubby nose, as you see in some of... <laughs> they have almost skull-like faces, as you see in their pictures right there. Um, 
Underneath their eyes, I'm not sure if any of the pictures show, but they have blue sacks underneath their eyes, which is considered a mark of beauty amongst their race. These sacks expand and contract to reflect the usual, uh, the individual Vong's mood, as they do not use facial expressions like you and I do. That's weird. Yeah. Um, one of the other aspects of their physiology is their blood is jet black, like ink. Okay. And their nervous system is very conductive, almost as if it was specifically made for feeling pain. So every feeling, like... If, if a uh, motherfucking bedbug bite a Yuzhang Vong, they would feel that. Mm-hmm. Or like the tiniest nitprick, they would feel that. Everything that pricks their skin causes them pain. But that's a, a unique part of the uh, Yuzhang Vong biology. Is that the Yuzhang Vong, um, they are a highly religious race. Like, uh, I'll go into their pantheon of gods soon, but they... To simply put it simply, they are sadomasochists. They embrace pain. They see inflicting pain on themselves as the closest way of connecting to their gods. To each their own. Everyone's got their kinks. Yeah, like, literally they're warriors. Um, Even though they could feel everything, they don't utter a single grunt of pain. They're just used to it. Hmm. Um... While it is impossible to... Uh, okay, another aspect. Um, <laughs> the, one of the reasons why the Yuzhang Vong are such a threat to the galaxy is that... Uh, <laughs> they exist outside of a force. Okay. AKA, so they're not part of the living force. AKA, the Jedi cannot sense them at all. Mm-hmm. They are basically a no-zone. Wow. Like, none of their force abilities can even affect a Yuzhang Vong. Like, a force push just goes right over them. Or mind tricks doesn't do shit against them. Because they (laughs) exist outside of a force. Oh, it doesn't affect bounty hunters either. (laughs) You know, you're not wrong there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, let me see. The, the most you could probably do, like the most powerful Force user can do against an individual Yuzhang Vong warrior, um, is basically trip them at best. Hmm. Um, however, this doesn't apply towards Force abilities that indirectly hurt them. Like, you could still hurl rocks and other debris at them through the Force and everything. Um, though there is one Force ability that actually hurts them, and that is Force Lightning. Oh, goody. Yeah. But anyway, um... So, yeah, uh... So, Ari explored the physiology of the Yuzhang Vong. Let us explore the culture of the Yuzhang Vong. As I mentioned before, um, their culture is one of sacrifice and devotion to their gods, which include Yuzhang Zan, the creator god, mm-hmm. Yuan Harla, the goddess of deception, so basically lo- female Loki. Yuan mm-hmm. um, Harla, no, I already mentioned her. Yuan um, Yanamaka, which is the god of war. Yuan Nisala, the goddess of life and creativity. Yuan mm-hmm. um, Texi and Yuan Quesh, lover gods and twins. And lastly, Yon Shu- Nani the fuck? <laughs> I know it. Sweet Alabama! Alabama. <laughs> and lastly is Yon Shinano, the goddess of forgiveness. Wow. Yeah, so they... 
I forgot to mention this, the Yuzhang Vong, there is a shit ton of lore on the Yuzhang Vong. Remember when we t when I did the Chiss episode and I talked about how deep the Chiss's lore is? Child's play. Try going into the Yuzhang Vong's Wikipedia article. It's as long as Padme's article. Let me guess, you cut it down significantly. Oh yes, I did. <laughs> like all the details of the Yuzhang Vong war... Um, a lot of their technology, they have separate categories. A lot of, there's a shit ton of Yuzhang Vong named characters, as much as probably the Twi'leks. Jesus Christ. So yeah, they will be dedicated to their own separate episode. I'm just focusing on them as a race. Okay. But anyway, um, so yeah, they have their own pantheon of gods, and very similar to the Chiss, who have like their own houses and everything, um, the Yuzhang Vong have their own familiar ties called domains um each domain is basically a family or a clan which are restricted to a specific caste system and there are like a lot of rivalries between individual domains because you're all like well i need to gain my family's honor fuck those guys over there and everything so yeah let me go ahead and get into the uh the caste system of a yuzhang vong and this is like a <laughs> a lot of them are kind of mentioned here and there, but a lot more have deep lore to them. So bear with me here. Mm -hmm. um, among the Yuzhang Vong, um, the first and highest caste system is the Supreme Overlord. Technically, it doesn't qualify as a caste, but it's labeled as such, so I'm going to include it anyway. Um, the Supreme Overlord is basically the leader of the entire Yuzhang Vong race. They have control of the other cats below them and serve as a prime conduit with Yon Jinsa himself, who is the head of the uh, Yuzhang Vong god pantheon and everything. Mm -hmm. Only he is allowed to commune with the creator god. All others below him? No, you can't do that. Only the Supreme Overlord can. So, essentially, he's a warrior king and a head priest wrapped into one. Okay. But yeah, um, the, the, the way of picking a Supreme Overlord is kind of metal. Um, let me see. Uh, so those who are picked for the position is not completely hereditary, but more often than not are drawn from a pool of candidates whose births are sign signified by... Supernatural things like omens, prophecies, and noble lineages. One example could be uh, twins. Twins are extremely rare within Yuzhang Vong society. Okay. So it's like a, a huge, huge deal to have two, tw two twins. Like, oh my god, the prophecy. One what? of these... T two twins. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, one of these needs to be the supreme overlord. And by the time both of these twins reach the age of six, they would basically be forced to go into ritualistic combat, and one of them would have to kill the other. Jesus Christ. Yep, it's pretty metal. That's very metal. <laughs> and then, of course, the victor would become the future overlord. <laughs> and the second cast are the Shapers. The Shapers are basically the designated scientists of the Yuzhang Vong, who are solely responsible for developing all of their biotechnology. And let me show you a uh, quick picture of these. Um, as you could probably tell, the, the Shaper Yuzhang Vong are 
They are the most slim and effeminate looking. And that's kind of on purpose, as we'll go into in a little bit. Um, Is it the females? Uh, they're the shaper cast, but it's also kind of interesting. It doesn't specify if only females are part of the shapers, but I assume both male and female can become shapers. They just look very feminine looking. Yeah, they do. That's interesting. But yeah, um, the shapers, they develop all of the technology within the Empire. Everything from simple clothes worn by all castes to their mighty world ships. They create everything. Mm-hmm. So essentially, they're both scientists and uh, weavers all in one. Um, the shapers learn techniques from written instructions known as courtesies, of which there are eight. Um, the adepts, which are, you know, like the lowest ranking shapers, are only allowed to access info up to the fifth cortex, with masters being the only individuals getting access to the higher ones. Mm-hmm. Um the Shapers worship the goddess of life and childbirth, Yonilshi. And like the other casts, they model themselves after the goddess who is usually described as young, benevolent, and kind. Oh, interesting. So yeah, each caste system of the Yuzhang Vong, depending on which member of a pantheon they represent, um, they kind of model themselves after their you know, deity and everything. That sounds similar to the Aiego gods. Yeah, pretty much. Stay tuned for that one. <laughs> but yeah, um, all of the shapers are very thin and feminine looking, just like their goddess. Um, and uh, ironically enough, for a society that's as brutal as the Yuzhang Vong, um, the, the shapers are basically a, a representation of the gentler aspects of the Yuzhang Vong. That's... Hard to believe for yeah. a warrior culture. Yeah, it makes me. It make, It just feels like you know, femininity and gentleness isn't allowed. Yeah, but yeah, wow, that's surprising. Yeah, like I said, there is a lot of meat to the Yuzhang Vong, and I mean, it, hell, <laughs> we're only twenty minutes in. <laughs> but yeah, um, all members of the Yuzhang Vong. So each cast, like you have warriors. We'll go into the warriors later. They kind of just self-modify themselves like the shapers they are the masters of biotechnology um like each using vong implants basically organic material um the shapers like they always do a lot of diddling shit with organic beings like ooh, you lost an arm let me give you the arm of this separate creature i found boink so, kind of like, this is just like real life yeah. correlation. Makes me think of Yosef Mengele. Remind me what that is. The Angel of Death. Ah, okay. From yeah. the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Or like the more fucking human centipede. Oh, no. <laughs> we, we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, the Shapers, they like to... What's the word I'm looking for? They like to... Uh, do a lot of experimentation with organic material. And if you ever find yourself on the operating table of a shaper, God have mercy on you. Because, oh boy, you're not going to look the same after they're through of you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, the ritual for an, an initiate is also kind of interesting. Uh, an initiate goes through the sacred art by going into a beast called the Grotto of Yon Nishao where they undergo torturous pain and then sacrifice their right hand into the mouth of a creature, mm-hmm. where it proceeds to grind it down to the bone, and then the mouth rotates and snaps off the hand of the initiate. 
Jesus. And then the initiate. Fucking saw trap. Yeah, precisely that. That's that's basically the Eugene Vaughn culture in a nutshell. Oh my god. <laughs> and the initiate needs, needs to make their way to a pool where the within the beast that contains an organism called shaper hands, which basically look like regular hands, but they provide the shaper the means of, you know, grafting and shaping any organic creature to their own design and everything. Hmm. So, yeah. um, Imagine, see, These guys play God. Pretty much, yeah. Jesus Christ. And a nice little thing about the shaper hand is that they could also modify it to have, like, a grasping tentacles in it and everything. So imagine like a more fucking Dr. Octopus with his tentacles, except that they're not metal. They're fully organic. Ugh, that's so weird. It is so weird, but it's so cool at the same time. Um, but let me see. Uh, as the shaper elevates in rank and becomes a master shaper, they get both of their hands replaced with shaper hands. <laughs> and are even implanted with what is called the Va Tumor which is believed to be a piece of brain matter from their from the goddess itself. So basically, yeah, they have a lot of body modifications and body horror to them, and this tumor is just put directly into their head. And basically what this tumor does is just overload their brain with basically every single, uh, you know, blueprint of their biotechnology in existence. Like, imagine you're... So you know that scene from The Matrix where Neo goes through several martial arts and he's like, I know Kung Fu. I've never seen The Matrix. Okay, whatever. whatever. Okay, that falls flat when you say it like that, but imagine... <laughs> it's, I'm gonna get reamed <laughs> in the comments for that one. <laughs> imagine, like, you're just downloading uh, schematics directly into your brain. Like what Brainiac does. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison, yeah. Basically like that. Um... And as the Master Shaper has all of his knowledge integrated rapidly into their memory, um, once they're fully educated, the tumor will be richly excised. Though some Master Shapers have developed an emotional connection to the tumor's presence and felt... What the f because it's... In their perspective, it's basically like, oh, I've become one with my goddess. I'm sharing the same information she has willingly passed down to me. And now it's being taken away from me. I want to be with my goddess more. Okay. It's a very weird way to look at it. But the Yuzhen Vong, uh, they take extreme methods to connect to their, you know, deities. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so that's the Shaper cast. The third cast is the priest cast, and they are relatively simple. Um, they are considered one of the most powerful casts within the Eugene Vong's rigid, heretical society. Mm -hmm. Theoretical. Theocratic? Yeah, theocratic. Um, they usually... Uh, they <laughs> So they could worship any of the deities within the pantheon. They're basically seen as the speakers and the priests to those gods. Okay. Um... Though the only uh, member of the Pantheon they never speak for is Yunzan, who is represented by the Supreme Overlord. Like, nobody else can commune with a creator god except for him. Um, 
They also specifically look for signs from the gods to see if they favor their warriors in battle, much like a, uh, you know, um, a soothsayer would mm-hmm. in ancient Roman society. Like, all oh, the winds are going that way. That must mean it's going to be a great victory for us. Or, oh no, the liver is tainted. That means there's going to be a great defeat for us. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um... They are also responsible for purifying the Vong contaminated by technology. Mm-hmm. Because technology, that is heresy for the Yuzhang Vong. Any form of technology, whether it's smartphones, uh, that AC unit over there, or droids, that's just pure heretical to them. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and more importantly, the priests are the ones that are responsible for selecting the next supreme overlord. So yeah, priest cast, very simple. Um, let me actually show a uh, quick picture of them because, uh, yeah, more self-emulation by the Yuzhang Vong right there. Um, yeah, this guy looks pretty gnarly looking. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just body horror after body horror after body horror over here. It's like, take Pinhead, but add claws and take away most of the pins in his fucking head. Yeah, that's a good way of looking what at it. What the fuck? <laughs> and then the next cast, and arguably the most, what's the best represented one, is the, is the warrior cast. And as you could tell from the name, they are the military arm of the Yuzhang Vong race. Um, they serve as one of the largest castes within their race. All members of a warrior caste were trained from an early age in a form of warfare, and as such, they are far more aggressive from all other castes and are the most self-important. Like, they are the most holier-than-thou of all the castes. Like, I don't care what you think of, I don't care what you think of, yeah... They're, they're, they're the fucking Saiyans in Star Wars. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. They're like uh, more fucking Super Saiyans, more fucking Prince Vegeta from Dragon Ball. Just Saiyans in general, because <laughs> all they care about is power. Yeah, they are the, arguably the most fanatically devoted to their leaders and their gods. Mm-hmm. They show no fear, no mercy, and follow their orders without question. They never even cry in pain. Nor of a fret of death or dismemberment meaning nothing to them at all. Jesus, these guys are terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you ever pick a Yuzhang Vong and decide to torture the fuck out of them, the warrior cats are the last ones you want to capture. They're not going to care. They're all like, More. oh, you, you cut off my arm? More. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> more. Give me more. <laughs> Give me more. <laughs> The only thing that mattered to a warrior was the thrill of battle and destroying all infidels before them. Um, on the battlefield, all Yuzhang Vong warriors prefer to maneuver themselves as close to the enemy as possible. So these guys, they, they look at ranged weapons, they're like, pussy shit, let's go! <laughs> they're, they're barbarians. Yeah, pretty much barbarians. They love the thrill of battle. They love tearing people limb from limb. And also, also, when you when you get to the infidel part in uh, editing, add in Ahmed. <laughs> oh infidel. Infidels, I like pa. <laughs> but yeah, oh, um, hell. yeah, yeah, we're already there, Hannah. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so yeah, um, even though I'll probably explore the Yuzhang Vong technology later, the standard Yuzhang Vong warrior 
wears a, a suit of armor called Vavundun Skarkair, or more commonly, Vavundun Crab Armor which is made from the living shell of a Voondoon crab. And this armor is light and durable, being able to protect from wear from all amounts of damage, from blasters, slug throwers, and even lightsaber blows. Ooh. So not even lightsabers can go through that armor quite easily. And their main weapon, which I think are pretty cool, their main weapon, as I mentioned before, all of their technology is alive. Even their weapons. Um, their main weapon is this serpentine creature called the Amphi Staff. Let me see if I could uh, find it real quickly. Do I have it? God damn it. Um, yeah, here we go. That's interesting. Yeah. It looks like a staff. Yeah, it's... Even though it looks like your ordinary little serpentine snake-looking fucker, these things can be operated as either a staff, uh, a sword, or even it can be hardened into a uh, spear. Or even a staff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, these things are pretty freaking cool. Is there... Like, yeah, these things are no joke. There's a picture somewhere where a Eugene Vong warrior outright impales a Jedi with one. Just... Jesus, fuck! Yeah, you know that uh, fatality that Raiden does where he just... Yeah. Basically like that with the uh, the Amphi staff. But let me move on. Um, So, oh yeah, the funny part. Um, The Amphi staff, they're also resistant to lightsaber blows. Oh, wow. And there have even been cases of the motherfucking Amphi staff just coiling around the blade of a lightsaber and just trying to snap at a Jedi's face. Goddamn. Yeah, these things are pretty hardcore. And there's even a uh, more powerful version called the Scepters of Power. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's a larger Amphi staff that's like nine feet long and it's used by the Supreme Overlord. Um, it's also considered the king of all Amphi staffs. Here's here's a picture of uh, Luke Skywalker fighting the Supreme Overlord. Oh wow! Yeah, that staff is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they even spit poison, which causes excruciating pain to the user for a full twenty four hours before they eventually die. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, as the name implies, the warrior cast style themselves after their patron deity, Yon Yonmak, the god of war. They mostly pay homage by sacrificing body parts. Like, uh, there's... Just like with the Aztec gods. Yeah, pretty much. Like, um, uh, there are some cases of a Yuzheng Vong warrior... Um, okay, so there's this neat little story where Darth Maul himself fights a Yuzheng Vong warrior. Um... Wow. Yeah. Um, he didn't know it was a Yuzheng Vong at the time, but he was fighting this Yuzheng Vong warrior, and the, the warrior punched him in the face, hard enough to break some of his teeth out. Oof. And as he's wiping away his blood, the, the Yuzheng Vong looked at one of the pieces of tooth that was on the ground, picked it up, and just inserted it in his mouth. As a sort of trophy and adding it to his batch of teeth up there. What the fuck? Like I said, they love self-immolation. That's... uh, 
<laughs> yeah, the Yuzhen Vong warrior are pretty hardcore, let's be honest. They love pain. They love using parts of their body parts of other races grafted into themselves. And they love pain for days. I'm a masochist this <laughs> Oh my god. Now, even though I'm kind of painting them as these amoral killing machines, they do, uniquely like the Mandalorians, they do have a sense of honor. That's surprising. Like uh, like the Mandalorians, um, a warrior despises deception. So never expect a warrior to lie to you right to your face. Oh, wow. And if you directly challenge a individual Yuzhen Vong warrior, um, they will always answer the challenge because if they refuse, that's a huge dishonor for both their caste and their family, basically. <laughs> and refusing a challenge is just the hugest insult to their god. Mm-hmm. And uh, uniquely, they have... Uh, Something similar to a Wookiee life debt. Like, if you ever save a warrior from certain death, they will show their gratitude and fight for you. Wow. So, yeah, they could be pretty honorable. One thing they have in common with the Mandalorians, at least. Yeah. That's cool. That's it is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, though, if a warrior is captured, they would attempt to commit suicide. You know, classic seppuku yes, stuff. Seppuku. Yeah, because uh, to be captured by a lesser foe is a great dishonor on their part. Like Directly you, taking from feudal Japan. Feudal Japan. Uh, what's another culture I could fall back on? A little bit of Vikings here and there, too. A little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, Yuzhang Vong Warrior loves the thrill of battle. And the last thing they'll ever do is retreat. Uh-huh. That's a great dishonor. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, and even if they don't commit suicide, they'll just give you the biggest middle finger while they're being tortured. <laughs> just fuck you. <laughs> All right, moving on from the Warriors, um, we have the fifth cast, which are kind of a bit more interesting. They're called the Indents. Um, they serve as the political and economic figures within Yuzhang Vong society. They're basically the smallest caste within the race, but all of them serve as bureaucrats, organizers, and logistics personnel within their race. Mm-hmm. So, if you're looking at a, a common politician in the Galactic Senate, that's those guys. Okay. Yeah, these guys are clever motherfuckers. Like, uh, you know that common saying from uh, from uh, Napoleon? Uh, Amateurs discuss military tactics. Professionals discuss logistics. That's these guys in a nutshell. Okay. So yeah, um, the indents, um, aside from being bureaucrats, they are responsible for taking care of the numerous creatures created by the shapers. In addition, they are the spies and advanced scouts for the Yuzhang Vong uh, race and everything. Um, Despite their importance to the government of the Empire, many other castes, such as the warriors and priests, look down upon them for their deception and unsavory methods in running the Empire. Hmm. Like, these guys are your classic spy from TF2. Like, goddamn spies. Dishonest folk. Why should I work for them and everything like that? (laughs) But yeah, um, they also have their own military branch called the Praetoriate Vong. Um... These guys are the expeditionary force. These guys are the very first Eugene Vong the galaxy would ever face. Mm-hmm. Um, like, these guys would create front bases and supply lines, allies to reach out to mm-hmm. in the 
Star Wars Galaxy and everything. And I remember a Yuzhang Vong warrior comparing the Praetorian Vong as politicians playing as soldiers. Sounds like it. Yeah, and any warrior that is uh, assigned to the Praetorian Vong to augment their forces see it as a great dishonor. Because they're doing all the sneaky shit. Why Why should I do this? I should be on the battlefield, taking down worthy foes left and right, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, let me see. Now the sixth and the largest cast of the Yuzhang Vong is the Worker cast. Um, even though they are basically the largest of all the cast combined... Um, they're mostly, you know, classic worker stuff, slave labor, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, the work, there's not too many details on the worker cast. It's pretty self-explanatory. But the worker cast serves as a dumping ground for members of other castes that failed in some shape or fashion. These particular individuals are called the shamed ones. The shamed ones are Yuzhang Vong, who are deemed as imperfect by the other cast. Like, let's say there's a shaper who failed her trials or something like that. I don't want to get my hand bitten off. What, are you fucking crazy? You're going to the shamed ones. Or a warrior that runs away in cowardice, you go to the shamed ones. A, a, uh, a member of the ending cast that wants to be honest and straight, you're going to the shamed ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically a dumping ground for all of these outcasts of Yuzhang Vong society. And as such, they are forbidden to worship any of the Yuzhang Vong gods, except for one. And that is Yonshano, the goddess of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And in the pantheon of the Yuzhang Vong, she watches over all the shamed ones with her, quote, multi-eyed form. Um, protecting them from the wrath of the other gods. Though it's also a pretty fitting because Yonoshano is considered the most grotesque looking out of all the other gods in the Pantheon. Hmm. Which is ironic considering that a lot of the Yuzhang Vong self-immolate and everything. Yeah. But anyway, that's enough of the cast. Uh, the language of the Yuzhang Vong, also called Yuzhang Vong, um, <laughs> is described as a hugely guttural language. Like, I you know, like uh, yeah, um, like, you know how the Chis language is described as very proper and complex sounding? Mm-hmm. That's basically the opposite of the Yuzhang Vong. Okay. And uh, let me see. Um, for speakers of basic, Yuzhang Vong almost sounds like they're coughing or snarling when they speak. Um, and interestingly enough, many Yuzhang Vong don't even bother learning how to speak basic. For them, it sounds too clicky. Huh. And instead, they rely on this worm-like creature called Ayoza Worms, which translates any language. They basically insert it into their head and it allows them oh to, to understand and speak the language. Any language. So basically comprehend language, but it goes in your ear! In a worm that you insert into your ear, yeah. <laughs> like I said, a lot of their biotechnology is alive. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> a co- I'll give you a couple of uh, examples of the Eugene Vong language real quickly. Um, there's Jedi, which is Jedi. That sounds um, like Man- Mandawa. Yeah. Nom, enemy. Um, Kenabar, worker. Yuzhang Vong, child of Yuzhan. Um, and then let me speak a couple of sentences for you. Kanabar, 
Dung of a meat maggot. Uh, Rush hook, Ekanon, Von Ernok. Die well, brave warrior. But anyway, um, so the most unique aspect about the Eugene Vong, which I'm sure you're very interested up to this point, is their technology. Or, more accurately, their biotechnology, or simply biot by the Yuzhang Vong themselves. Mm-hmm. Their biot consists of creatures born and bred for their assigned tasks. So everything from the simplest dagger, to the largest cannon, to even their starships, they're all alive. That's so weird! But so cool! It's so cool! Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, even, I believe, like, their toothpaste and their toothbrushes are alive. What the fuck? I know. Um, for they hate all forms of manufactured technology, whether it be electronics, machines, and especially droids. Because in the ancient past, in their old galaxy, there was a war between two droid empires that basically destroyed their galaxy. So they have a... Deep ingrained hatred towards droids in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember this one story. I can't remember if it was on Wikipedia or in passing. If they ever do an invasion, they gather up all the droids, put them into a pit, and then pour lava into it. Jesus. Because they want to cleanse everything of all technology. And droids are like a mockery of the organic form. They don't have a soul. They don't have feelings. Like, fuck you, droids. Someone, some, some droid activists would disagree. But yeah. Fair. Yeah, but usually Von would probably crucify you for saying that. Jesus. <laughs> like, uh, in the Yuzhang Vong War... Uh, the New Republic started developing Yuzhang Vong hunter-killer droids, which <laughs> I'll share a brief picture with you. They basically look like Terminators in Star Wars. Yeah, that's a Terminator. And yeah. And then endoskeleton. Yeah, um, basically they de- developed that specific droid as a huge middle finger to the Yuzhang Vong. Because anytime these droids appear on the battlefield, that is the greatest insult for the Yuzhang Vong. And all warriors will drop everything they are doing and make a beeline straight for that droid. Mm-hmm. Even, the droid is even programmed to say, we are machines, we are greater than the Yuzhang Vong. <laughs> Which is a huge, to the Yuzhang Vong. Well, Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, um, so back to their technology. I already talked about the Amphi staff before. Um, one example of many of their weaponized technology is the Nung Null, which is uh, a little insect creature. They're, they're basically called food bugs. Um, think of them as basically little shurikens. Okay. And they have different varieties, like there's the razor bug and the explosive bugs. Both of them very self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. And then let me see. Uh, they also commonly utilized... Uh, am I skipping one? Uh, yeah, another bioweapon that they use is the Gretchen. They are basically locust-like creatures that are designed to fly through the vacuum of space and... Chew through starfighters with their mandibles and acid. Oh, there we go. Yeah, they love using warbees up the wazoo. 
Ew. That's creepy. Yeah, it is very creepy. And another war beast is what is called the Fakwarlif Sakal, also known as Dread Weapons. They're basically large worm-like organisms that extend from the bow of a Yuzhen Vong warship to penetrate the hull of an enemy vessel or space station, and then proceed to suck out all the occupants on board. Like... <laughs> yeah, they're, they're basically giant uh, straws. Yeah. And this is uh, what they look like. They're basically giant fuck-off space worms. <laughs> they also have these war beasts called flame beasts, which if you look, they basically look like organic versions of a tripod from War of the Worlds. Yeah. Yeah, they have so much shit. This is just barely scrapping the surface, by the way. They have all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, let me show you a quick picture of their fleet. All of that, is all of those are alive. It, they kind of look like the space whales. Yep, they do. Just a bit. The, 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 the large star-shaped ship in the background is called a world ship. That, those ships contain the entirety of the Yuzheng Vong race. Wow. And, uh, yeah, this one completely dwarfs a Super Star Destroyer in that image. Christ. <laughs> but, yeah, um, let me see. And then another impressive organism is what is called the Yomosk, also known as War Coordinators. Think of them as basically giant brains. Um, here, here we go. Um, yeah, these things are basically organic supercomputers. <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. Um, so these war coordinators, as the name implies, they are utilized to coordinate all the biots of their masters in entire battles. And unlike the rest of the biots of the Yuzhen Vong's uh, disposal, they are partially sentient. They are comparable to battle analysis computers, and they basically link the minds of all Yuzhen Vong warriors together as a sort of hive mind sort of thing. So yeah, um, and another variant of these war coordinators are called, um, what is it, world coordinators. Think of them, but bigger, and command the entire planet. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I'll give you one, okay, they also have this, uh, thing called Vavilion, which is basically a nice little plant. Um, these things serve as basically the common communication between all Yuzhang Vong. Okay, it's like a little hive mind plant. Pretty much. Um, they could serve as earpieces or for the main plant itself. Uh, if there is a sister plant across the entire galaxy, it would produce a three-dimensional image of the messenger. Oh, that's cool. Think of it as a or a uh, organic hologram. That's weird. It is so weird. I see weird. now why this is EU. <laughs> it's so cool though. It is so yeah. cool. But and, what, imagine Filoni trying to fucking make this canon. Oh, let me get to that in a little bit <laughs> <laughs> because there's a nice little story behind that. Actually, um, one more thing I want to point out though. There's this plant called a Dovin basil. Um, I'll show you a. Quick image of it real quickly. A Dovin basil is basically an organic plant that is within the core of each 
Vong ship. Looks like a tick. A little bit, but here's the thing. These things uh, harvest uh, gravitonic forces. Um, so each Yuzhang Vong ship, they don't have shields or any kind of protection. The Dovin Basil basically serves as the Yuzhang Vong's version of a shield generator. But here's the thing. These things control miniature black holes. God damn. And basically how they do that is that if a enemy starfighter is firing upon a vessel, the, Dovin, the Dovin Basil just opens up a black hole absorbs all the firepower, and it doesn't hit the ship whatsoever. Wow. And another thing, um, they they basically serve as propulsion systems for their warships and everything. Mm-hmm. Another way of these uh, Dovin Bezos can be used is if, if a Yuzhang Vong looks at a world and decides, eh, that's too much effort. Oh, there's a moon right next to it. Okay, put a Dovin Bezo on it, propel the... Uh, put it in the moon, and yeet the moon right out of the planet below. <laughs> oh god, that's huge! <laughs> yeah. So if Yuzhang Vong feel particularly lazy, they just yeet a moon out of planet. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, um, and, yeah, let I'll go ahead and skip most of the things, um, because that's just scratching the surface, but... That is basically the Yuzhang Vong in a nutshell. <laughs> Depending on how this episode goes and views, if you guys want a part two, we'll, we'll do a part two. Oh yeah, I remember this other fucking story. Um, so you remember Dejarig, which is basically Star Wars chess? Yes. There's a named Yuzhang Vong character. I think he's like a general or something. He found out about Dejarig, and he's like, oh god, that is awesome. These visa. Other worlders know how to make a good game, but let me make it even better. And he made his version of Dejarik. You know, like uh, Dejarik pieces are basically holograms and yeah. everything. He made living creatures for it. Oh, wow. So, like Dejarik, but. The living Dejarik. Yeah, pretty much. God damn. I think it's pretty neat, though. Um, but yeah, long story short, the Yuzhang Vong, uh, they had a war with the entirety of the galaxy that lasted for four years, by the way. And it resulted in the deaths of over 365 trillion galactic citizens of the galaxy. Holy shit. Yeah, they just went on a crusade across the galaxy. And in their war, they killed off several named characters, one of which was to was, uh, Chewbacca. Oh, they killed Chewbacca? Yep, so you know that, uh, that picture of the moon falling down to that planet? Mm-hmm. That's basically the planet that uh, Chewbacca dies on. Oh, God. Well, at least he died to blaze of glory. Pretty much, yeah. And also, in this war, um, another character that died against the Yuzhang Vong was Anakin Solo, who was the third child of Leia and Han Solo. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, <laughs> just to give you a perspective of how devastating the Yuzhang Vong war is... Countless worlds were basically fucked by the Yuzhang Vong. Like, many of them have been terraformed beyond recognition. Like, I believe Rodia, uh, many Rodians were basically spliced by the Shapers into these giant hybrid creatures of Rodian and crab-like creatures. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, um, they even invaded Coruscant itself and named it their new homeworld. Wow. 
They even transformed the Eukonopolis and made it into an organic jungle. Wow. Yeah, that's how terrifying these motherfuckers are. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and then uh, long story short, uh, the New Republic was uh, pretty, pretty fucked up, and they decided to reform into the Galactic Alliance. And in the final years of the war, they... Uh, so basically, everybody in the galaxy, the Galactic Alliance, the Imperial Remnant, the Hapes Consortium, the Mandalorians, the Chiss, even the Huts, gather together to fight back the Yuzhang Vong threat. So you know how, like I said in the Vitiate episode, that a uh, that a uh, battle in Satio Shan's mind was basically Endgame. Yeah, this is the original Endgame, where they go to Coruscant and defeat the Yuzhang Vong once and for all. Mm-hmm. God damn, that's cool. It is pretty freaking cool. I would love to dive into the Yuzhang Vong war in its own separate episode. But long story short, the Yuzhang Vong have been defeated. Um. Their caste system has been shattered. Their religious icons have been shattered. They're just saying they, they're not doing pretty well right now mm-hmm. in the modern galaxy of Star Wars. Well, the ODU Star Wars anyway. And uh, <laughs> many of the Yuzhang Vong actually rose up against the old caste system, like the shamed ones and everything. But... Yeah, they're just a nomadic race trying to make up for the bad deeds they did in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. There's even an individual shaper. I can't remember her name at the moment, but she worked together with Cole Skywalker, who is the the uh, descendant of Luke Skywalker. And they uh, do this thing called the Osis Project, which is to restore all the worlds the Yuzhang Vong devastated and bring them back to their former glory, basically. Mm-hmm. And at first, it worked pretty well. All the worlds were basically paradise jungles. But then the Sith, being the classic Sith, sabotaged it. And, well, now the galaxy hates the Yuzhang Vong again. Mm-hmm. And that's basically all I have about the Yuzhang Vong. What do you think, Anna? Surprising. Yeah. Uh, not what I expected for two years. Mm-hmm. But I guess it was, I'm, I'm sure it was suggested. It was suggested a couple of times, yes. Okay. But yeah. At least um, we're pandering to our audience. It is. Um, I would love to talk about more about the Yuzhang Vong in further episodes. But <laughs> if if I'm going to talk about one, real quickly, one Yuzhang Vong character, it would be this fucker. Um, his name is Nam Anar. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to explain him in a nutshell, think of him as... The Shang Sun of Star Wars. Shang Sun? Yep. Okay. Like, he's the guy. He's the master manipulator. He's the guy who went to the larger Star Wars galaxy and basically caused chaos for uh, the Imperial Remnant, the New Republic. He even uh, uh, forced two civilizations to go nuclear Armageddon against each other for the lows. Mm-hmm. And as the war went on, uh, he did a couple of uh, backstabbing. He even initiated the uprising against the former caste system because he wanted his own power grab and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is the episode of Yu Jing Vong. Um, hopefully I could talk more about them in later episodes, but <laughs> I had a lot of fun with this one. How about you, Hannah? Yeah, it was, it was okay. I learned something new. That you did. 
Um, but yeah, that is our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, oh my god, stop cutting yourself! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, stop hurting yourself, please! <laughs> but yeah, um, so that is the end of a 40th episode of a podcast. Uh, you'll know what episode is next. Don't worry, Hannah. I'll let you know what I'm doing next. Good. But, uh, yeah. Happy two-year anniversary, everybody. Happy so, two years, y'all. Yeah. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you all so much for sticking with us for two years. Got any closing statements, Hannah? May the force be with you. This is the way. Hurry the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, um, let me go ahead and cut my wrist over here. <laughs> As I contribute to the Yuzhang Vong gods. Bye-bye! Bye. Bye. <laughs>